Hey everyone, welcome to the Inside the Movement podcast, um, where we like to become stronger together by getting to know each other better. Um, we know that we have added a lot of staff recently, um, and I have the pleasure of sitting down with one of our newest staff members. He started this Sunday, um, Josh Reed. Josh Reed's with us today. He is going to be, or he is currently, our content pastor. He sits on our creative team. Um, and I'm so excited for you all to get to know him. I had the opportunity to um, briefly catch up with him over our creative retreat last week. And I just know you guys are going to love him and, and the wisdom and, and depth that he brings um, is a real gift. So Josh, welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good to be here. So happy to have you here. Um, yeah. If you don't mind, can you just kind of dive into where you're from mm-hmm. originally, kind of what What's gotten you here? Yeah, that's a great question. So I am originally from Buford, Georgia. My wife's from Norcross, Georgia, which is both in the same county. And I uh, spent uh, 30 years there, roughly 29, 30 years, and then moved to North Carolina. Um, and we've been there the last 13 years in Raleigh. Okay. And uh, we have six kids. They are roughly 17 to 7. Uh, about every two years, give that's or take. That's a lot of kids. It's a lot of kids. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of awesome, but it's it's definitely yeah. a lot of kids. Um, and we moved here um, two days ago. So we've been in You're in Tennessee. the thick of it. Yeah, we yeah. are in the thick of it. And so uh, what got us here was, I mean, the short of it is, I think the Lord was doing something in my heart and my wife's heart. And we uh, were just asking a lot of questions, seeking him over some things. And it seems like there was some some things bubbling up here that some needs that uh, a lot of people were recognizing. And like he does, he providentially links things up. Yep. And uh, some conversations were had, some Lots of tears have been shed, and now, <laughs> and they continue. Will they will continue? But we're here now. We're yeah. here, and we're eyes wide open, hands open for what he has for us. So. Gosh, I love that so much. Yeah. Um, so you and Queen have known each other for a while, a right? Yeah. Yeah. What's that connection? So uh, my wife and I came to faith at the same time, eleven months into our marriage. Okay. Uh, so we That's were. Uh, yeah, it was <laughs> just profound grace, yeah. honestly, and. Uh, that was 2003, and uh, Kevin actually baptized us. Oh, yeah, so we, he was that. the youth pastor at the church that we were a part of. Yeah. And so— um, Was that was that 12 Stone? No, that was no, Hebron. Hebron. Oh, Hebron, yeah. yeah. Hebron, yeah, in Decula. Yep. And uh, so he was, uh, he was on staff there and was only there for a little bit longer because that was—he ended up going to Crossroads, Crossroads. which became yep. 12 Stone. Yeah. But uh, we have a lot of we had a lot of mutual friends, and so we connected through that. And we have mutual mentors as well with a guy That's named Ronnie so Brassfield crazy. and a guy named George Robinson. Yeah, yeah. And this is funny because I, my parents started taking us to Hebron. Really, when I was a kid. No. And then we went to Crossroads, which <laughs> yeah. was you know which became Twelve Stone. And then Kevin was the youth pastor at Twelve Stone mm-hmm. when I was in high school. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah. I feel like we should know each other. I know. We probably were sitting next to each other at <laughs> one of those places. At some point, like, yeah. who knows? But that's, yeah, that's it's crazy wild. how things just have come full circle 
Nashville. Yeah, yeah. It's it's strange. It's a very unique thing that I've talked to people that I've met, I've talked to, they've got sort of similar crazy stories about how they wound up here. And on paper, it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense, but yep. I don't know. It just makes you ask a lot of questions like, Lord, what are you up to? You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. So in your best kind of description to your knowledge at this point, like what is your, what is your job going to look like as a content pastor here? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I'm honestly not quite sure. We're about to start having those meetings. Um, I think in part what it will entail is uh, helping the church um, grow in wisdom and thinking theologically about life while keeping the boots on the ground. Yeah. Um, and that could be in every aspect of life. It could be... Um, I had a buddy that planted a church in D.C. He used to call it, say, man, just every time you leave the house or every time you wake up, just make sure you got your gospel goggles on. You know, and it's kind of a goofy way of... <laughs> I but I love that. You know, it's like because you view the world differently when you view it through the lens of what God's doing in the world, particular through the person and work of Jesus. Absolutely. And so if I can be a small part of helping... Um, you know, Crosspoint and the greater church at large do that. I'd love to. So That is awesome. Yeah. Um, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but no, go we, as I mentioned earlier, Josh got to come spend a few days with us on our creative retreat. And one of um, the things that I really love that just gave me a glimpse of his heart for Jesus was like, he truly like weeps because of the graciousness of our God. Um, and you can just tell uh, when you talk to him that that it's authentic. Mm. <laughs> um, so I, I, I encourage all of you to to have a conversation with him um, just about about his life and mm. um, what kind of burns his heart for Jesus. Mm. Um, what do you like to do outside of work? <laughs> I mean, I know you have six kids, which probably yeah. takes up a lot of time, but what do you, yeah. you and it's Jace Lynn, your Jace wife. Lynn. Okay, mm-hmm. you call her Jace. Jace, yeah. Do, does, do people call her Jace or just? Most people call her Jace Lynn. Okay, Jace Lynn. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so what do y'all like to do together? Yeah, so um, together we like exploring the, um, all the place, good places to eat that nobody else knows about. You know, you the, like the, hole in the, the hole in the walls. Nice. Like we love that. Uh, we love taking walks together. Um, really one of the things that led us here during the pandemic, we were walking every single day at four in our neighborhood, just talking and praying and asking. This guy's just done a lot in our hearts over walks, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, personally, uh, I've loved to play basketball for a long time. Actually, I just like all sports. Yeah. I'm just a junkie for sports. <laughs> uh, I, I messed my knee up two days before coming to Nashville. Uh, so I may be on the injured reserve for a little oh, bit. That's no. uh, just part of it. Um, I love to read. Uh, a lot. I love real books, not Kindle. You know. <laughs> you like the feel the yeah, feel, feel the, the book pages. In your hands, you can't paper, live in digital book. books. Yeah, yeah you, you can't. You can't jump in there. You can't write in them. Mm-hmm. You know. It's, but <laughs> I know I'm, I'm probably stepping on so many toes already. Hey nah. guys, I'm Josh. <laughs> um, and I love growing food. So I had a huge garden uh, cool. back at my house in Raleigh, yeah. and that was one of the saddest parts about leaving <laughs> with my garden. No, there's a couple people on staff that like to grow their own food. Yeah. Dustin Bank, I'm calling you out. Uh, I yeah. know you're like big into composting. You're like, you got your little city garden going on. <laughs> nice. I love it. Yeah. Let's hang out, Dustin. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. 
Okay, so I did some digging. Okay. Just on your background. All right. <laughs> I didn't tell you these questions were coming. No, so that's fine. I'm sorry no. if this puts you on the spot. I'm but here. I'm here. I was kind of reading about um, how you helped plant a church mm-hmm. in Raleigh, right? Mm-hmm. Can you tell? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like for you? Yeah, yeah. It was one of the most rewarding uh, classrooms and one of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life. Um, so we went with a theory. You know, a lot of ways churches are planted in the West is you gather this core group, you, you raise a bunch of money, and you send people out, and you start immediately with Sundays and start. And Sunday is the focus. Mm-hmm. And we started with what felt like. Uh, you know, a different direction that said, you know what, what if we move to an area and we incarnate there and we, we start sharing the gospel, making disciples, discipling people, teaching them to live by faith, teaching them to share their faith, etc. And then at some point in the future, we'll gather them into the church mm-hmm. as a church. Yeah. Um, and so we started living into that. Um, we had a few people who came from the local church that we planted out of and a few other people who um, had connected and said yes. And so as we begin to live into that vision, uh, again, we just learned a ton about what it looked like to just train people to follow Jesus, train people to live on mission. Yeah. Um, and But we, uh, the, those of us who came out of like a, a sort of a normal church experience were filling those kind of gaps mm-hmm. of like, oh my gosh, we don't have those normal rhythms of yeah. what we're used to. So we just started praying and asking God to help us find some some sort of balance. And I don't know if we ever found it, sure. but uh, that was a really rewarding experience. Um, learned a lot about uh, our team's gifts and what seats on the bus we all needed yeah. to sit on. And um, But did a ton of preaching, uh, learned how to invest in groups and multi, uh, like help multiply by the power of the spirit, those groups. And, yeah. and so, yeah, it, I mean, it was just a great training ground. Yeah. Really, really hard. Really, really imagine. good. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah. some of the best things always are really, yeah. really hard. Yeah. What do you think was your, I'm sure there are a lot of them, but if you had to narrow it down to one kind of takeaway that has stuck with you, like since like helping start that, that ministry, mm-hmm. what do you think that would be for you? Yeah. God, there's a ton. Um, so I'll just, I'm just going to say the f- first one that comes to mind, <laughs> not necessarily the most important. I'll, I'll have the answer probably in three days Great, to that we'll question. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think the importance of teaching people to swim in the Word. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is, is there was a lot of people who had some knowledge of the Bible that we were encountering, and maybe they grew up in church or their perception of uh, of Jesus or the church was based on some sort of something they've seen or experienced on TV or whatever the case is. But um, those bits and fragments were a part of a different narrative that they either perceived or chose to believe. Hmm. And so the, truly taking people through the fullness of Scripture over you know a course of time and helping them see the fullness of who God is and, and who He's revealed Himself to be and what He's doing in the world. It's like, oh, that verse that I, I thought was ABC, it's really D-E-F, yeah. you know, or yeah. whatever. And, and so the Spirit just—I just watched Him over and over transform people's hearts and thinking 
um, just by getting people in the text of Scripture and yeah. seeing what the story actually is instead of what I thought it was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's it can be a confusing thing. I mean, like, I'm I'm really grateful to be surrounded by people who I can always go to and say, like, Hey, what exactly does this mean? You know, or yeah. how does this like contextually, what is going on yeah, here? <laughs> what is what happening? In the world? Yeah. But I know a lot of people don't have that, and I, um, I'm excited for you to step into this role because I think that, like, you do such a great job of that. Hmm. Like, even in the limited time that sure. we've spent together, like yeah. I've seen you break it down hmm. already, and that that's just amazing. Oh, so thank, thank you. you. Thanks for the time. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, let's roll into this question because okay. I think it's fun. Um, Aside from the Bible, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what um, what's the most influential book you've ever read? Mm. Yeah, that's a good. Um, so the the first one that comes to mind is a book called "The Master Plan of Evangelism" by Robert mm. Coleman. Okay, um, it's fantastic, and what he does is he basically just takes the Gospels and he illustrates how Jesus chose to transform the world by investing in 12 people. Um, And it's not a lot of footnotes. This is when you know there's like a really good book. Like the only footnotes are like scripture references. (laughs) It just was coming. (laughs) Um, But that's how George really discipled me. Mm. And it was after the fact that I began to try to make disciples and invest in people that George was like, you should go read this book. And I read it and I was like, wait, that's what you did, you know, yeah. <laughs> just like, and so it gave me, I'm not sure if I had it on the front end, it would have been really hard to try to implement because I hadn't tasted it and experienced it. It's not impossible. I've seen people right. do it, but um, it just gave me a, a deeper gratitude for the gift that George and Ronnie and those guys were and, in and my life. cousin, John. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In my life and mm-hmm. wanting to be that for others. Yeah. yeah. Um, probably second would be. Uh, a book called True Story of the Whole World okay. uh, by Craig Bartholomew and Mike Goheen. And basically it's a, it's a stripped-down version of the drama of Scripture. Um, but really what they're doing is, is they that was the book, I think, that solidified in me that the Bible is a story, mm-hmm. that it's the true story of the whole world, and that it, it read like a narrative. That's so cool. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. sometimes I don't, it's just, sometimes it's nice to have it. It's like this, I try to explain it with the chosen, you know, the yeah. series of chosen. Yeah. It's like, sometimes it's just so helpful to see it in a way that's like so relatable. Yeah, for sure. You know, so maybe, maybe that's what it is. Like maybe it's just a little bit easier to grasp because you can see the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling somebody this, uh, Yesterday's teaching some some girls the book of Romans, and we just talked about the overview, how important it is to know the 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 whole, so that you can make sense of the parts. Otherwise, yeah. the parts will take you off on all kind of tangents. different tangents yeah. if you don't have like the coat hooks to hang the yeah. coats on. You know? Yeah, and to be, I mean to be completely like transparent, like I'm I'm still learning a lot of that. So yeah, it's like same. It's, it's fascinating to me. I'm like. Oh, well, this makes so much more sense now (laughs) that I know X, Y, Z. But before I was like, okay, God, like, what do you want me to do with this? (laughs) Like, That's a weird verse. (laughs) No, it it is. And I I think that's the one of the ways that we can never exhaust the richness that the Bible really is because we're always learning more about 
um, whether the context or the purpose or the people who Spirit chose to use to ride. And ah, yeah. uh-uh. man, it's just, it's an unending well. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I'm going to ask you to get a little vulnerable here. Sure. If you don't mind. Uh, and share with us what, what God's kind of teaching you right now. Yeah. Oh, man. It's hard. Um, so I was, I was telling Maddie earlier that um, everything's right, right up at the eyeball level, just tears, you know, everything's right there. So, and people who know me know that that's not uncommon. Like I don't, I used to try to stay in front of my emotions and I just gave that up a long time yeah. ago. Um, I never want to get over what God's done for me in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I never want to, like, reduce him to something that doesn't cause me to wonder anymore. So there's different kinds of tears, right? Sure. Um, but right now, uh, so I felt like God gave me this vision in the garden before we left um, when I found out that, well, when we basically made the choice that we were going to move. And I was transplanting some okra. Um so I planted half of a bed of okra, and then, you know, when they grow up a little bit, you thin them out. And so I just planted half of the bed, thinned them out, and then transplanted them to the other half of, of the bed. And I felt like in that moment after I watered them in uh, that afternoon, that God was like, Josh, you need to pay attention to these mm-hmm. plants over the next, you know, week or so, week and a half, um, because this is going to give you a word picture of what's coming. Because when you transplant things, like, um, you can dig the hole, you can put the plant in, um, you can fill the dirt around, you water it, but, and it looks healthy when you do that, but it's because it was healthy. (laughs) And after a a day, two days, three days, those plants look really wilty, and they look sick, and you don't know if they're going to survive. And I mean, it's, it's, you have to, there's nothing you can do to manufacture life in that plant at that point. You really just have to lean into the process. That it works. Yep. You keep watering it. You keep watering it. You keep the weeds out of it, off of it. And, you know, you pray that it works. And I feel like that's where we're at right now. Mm. Um, Yesterday, a couple of my kids um, looked really droopy, you know. And I think that that vision has sustained me to say, you know, like, as a farmer, as a gardener, as a shepherd, as a dad, like there's things to do to um, keep the weeds off and to water and to nurture. Yeah. Um, but I can't control or manufacture what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're literally leaning into the grace of God for our kids at this point and, and for us. Yeah. You know, but... When you when you pull them into the mystery of faith and you pull them into a life of mission, like it's just another way of releasing your hands of control. Right. And um, so, I think that's probably the big lesson right now. Um, I'm in the middle of book three of the Psalms, which is technically the experience of exile from mm-hmm. a prayer standpoint. So it's really appropriate. That just happened yeah. to be where I'm at reading through the Bible. You know? Yeah. What do you know? <laughs> <Just> so happens. <laughs> what do you imagine? You know? mm. It's been great. But 
difficult lessons, but good ones. Yeah. You know, good ones. And it's, it's, kids are hard. I mean, you have six. I only have one right now, but, you know, it's, gosh, the, the hurt hurts worse when it's your kids. Oh, man. Yeah, you that's know? a whole nother level. Because you just, you want, you want them to flourish and you want them to, to know Jesus. And like you're saying, there's so much, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. And then the rest of it, you just have to give to God. Yeah. And I applaud you and Jay Slim for that. For the, I mean, this is a big move. And yeah. Yeah. You know, thank you for listening. Yeah. No, it's, um, you know, I've, uh, this thought just came to my mind when you said that. And so this is real time <laughs> for, for whoever this is for. I know it's for me. <laughs> like, we, I would do anything to take the pain away from my kids. Yeah. But, like, God did, mm-hmm. you know? Like, he did, <laughs> he did do the thing to take the pain away from his kids, you know? Yeah. By, in essence, putting the rat, his wrath on himself and... I think this is just another way for to me for for me to re- remember that I'm a creature, not not the creator. Like he's the only one that can really meet meet people in those places, yep. and to be that salve for the wound. So it's just another way of beginning to entrust your kids to to his care. Yeah, and uh, it is not easy. <laughs> heck no. <laughs> That's what I constantly come back to. I'm like, oh, this is hard for me. Yeah. This is hard. Every day it's hard. Yeah. But it's a good hard, you know. There's joy and sorrow simultaneously. You know, these are just new ways of holding those things at the same time. Yeah. New capacities, Mm. you know. So. True that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, thank Mm. you for for sharing that with us. Yeah, for sure. Um. I also hope to learn a lot about farming from you because that's something that's <laughs> really interesting to me, but I do not have a green thumb. Uh, I can't keep a succulent alive. So uh, <laughs> it is quite depressing around my well, house. The, the key's mentors. I mean, the only reason I know how to grow food is because of Big Mike, a 76-year-old man that lived around the corner five years older. I mean, uh, five miles, no, five minutes away. Yeah. And uh, he said, <laughs> I'll never forget the story how I met him's crazy, but like I called him up and I was like, uh, so I hear you could help me start a garden. He's like, be at my house in 10 minutes. <laughs> like, that's all he says. And I was like, okay, I love well, where is your house? You know? I show up, and he basically is like, look, I'll help you, but I ain't doing it for you. And I was like, I don't want you to. Yeah. And he was a, he was one of the last people I saw before I left Raleigh and just gave him a big hug and told him thank you for, for everything. And uh, he's funny, man. He's like, no, you— don't go up there and stop growing food, man. You know, <laughs> like, nah, you better man. keep your farm alive. <laughs> That's it. And uh, all the lessons are there, so I'll, I'll be happy to pass on any knowledge I have. I love that. Yeah. I, I'm a farm girl at heart, as most of you know. Most people on staff make fun of me for being a horse girl. I embrace <laughs> it. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's so so cool, and it requires a dedication. Yeah, and I have a lot of res- like I just respect that. I think it's super super cool when people can grow their own food. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and it tastes way better. I'm sure it does. <laughs> I'm sure it, I'm sure it does. Um, yeah. You've talked a little bit about this. I'll just ask this one more thing, and I'll get to some fun questions. Sure. Um, but you've mentioned a few people in your life who have mentored you. Yeah. But I would love for you to share, kind of dive in on on one person in particular who's been a leader in your life that has 
just really influenced you yeah. in, in your personal life? Yeah. And why that person was such a big influence for you? Yeah. Gosh, there's been there's been so many and I count I count those things like apart from salvation and my family, like the kindest gift I think I've ever been given from the Lord are like mentors. Yeah. Um, anything I've ever done worth a dang has been because of a mentor. Mm-hmm. Anything I've tried to just launch out and do myself normally flounders, right? But <laughs> um I'd have to say George, uh, George Robbins. I mean, my wife in a different way. Um, so that's a whole nother conversation of her influence sure. on my life and just the brilliance and beauty of what she carries in her heart, you know. But just from a being discipled, a mentor, George Robinson would be the, the person I would choose because um, he's walked with me now for 15, 16 mm-hmm. years and he was the first person that really challenged me to live into the kingdom. And I'll tell you, I had the story of how there was a Wednesday morning Bible study that we were a part of, and we were going through the Book of Romans. And, and it was him and another guy named Bodie uh, Jenkins, who um, is still in Gwinnett County and just a phenomenal, godly man uh, that I'm also indebted to deeply. But they pulled me in on that. And then it began to grow. I started inviting people. They started inviting some people. And so we were going through the Book of Romans really slowly, uh, really slowly. And we just began unpacking the depths of what Paul was writing Mm -hmm. in Romans. And I remember we went to a men's conference uh, and we were riding back. and And George at the time was a strategic coordinator for Southeast Asia for a missions organization. So he was spending at least a third or even a half of a year in Asia. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, or South Asia. And um, <laughs> I'll never forget, we were riding back in this song by Matt Redman called Missions Flame came on. And I was like, oh man, turn it up. George, this song always reminds me of you, dude. And I'll never forget, <laughs> he turns it down and he goes, why doesn't it remind you of you? And I was like, uh-huh. ugh. <laughs> I was like, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'd been yeah. a Christian maybe three years at that point. And he goes, I'll tell you what, Josh, mm-hmm. let me challenge you to get you a passport and be ready with a yes. And uh, he said, you don't have to go overseas to follow Jesus, but it's a great microwave <laughs> to get yeah. started. And I had been kind of floundering, honestly. I was like, it was a very consumeristic type of understanding of Jesus died for me, you know, how do I get better kind of Christianity. And uh, that was him and my cousin John, they were just steady challenging me to give my life away, to give the gospel away, to to think differently. And so I did. I went and got a passport and I jumped on a plane with him in 2007. Uh, First time went to India. It was the first time I ever really learned how to share my faith. And uh, I was on another plane in three months heading back, and, man, it was Katie barred the door at that point. Yeah. You know, it was—I I, I was completely transformed, like, in a new and profound way. And, and a lot of that was just through the shepherding and coaching of living on mission. And so that translated coming back. I was in banking and real estate in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and so that transformed how I saw my customers and my coworkers, um, the people I played basketball with, the guys I grew up with. I mean, it was it was radically different. Yeah. And, I know people's stories are different, but George has walked 
every step of the way through um, death of parents and birth of kids. And so, you know, everybody needs a George. Yeah. Everybody needs a George. Mm. That's awesome. Mm. Yeah. I was on the phone with him like 30 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And here he was praying with me. Ugh. You know, everybody needs a George. That is a gift. Yeah. We love the Georges of the world. Yeah, yeah, and be one. Be yeah. one for somebody. Mm-hmm. Just be a George for somebody, you know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But preach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's switch gears a little and Let's go fun. Let's do it. Okay. Do you have any nicknames, and how did you get them? <laughs> that uh, The two I remember the most were uh, growing up, my he's now my brother-in-law he lived across the street from us they used to call me Jocko Pico train from you know Dukes of Hazzard Roscoe Pico train I love but it. they called me Jocko and uh, so that was one that was just kind of a goofy nickname growing up and then uh, as a freshman I made the varsity basketball team and uh, me and another guy and we were at summer camp that year eighth grade going into ninth grade and I used to literally run around and try to steal the ball. I was just like a <laughs> like full energy as all freshmen trying yeah, to make the team. And so they called me Scooter. You know, it looked like a little scooter running around out there, you know. So this was at Buford High School. And we, we, were, we, were, we had a good team. We were, those four years that I was there, we were, it was a lot of fun. But they, they all called me. And to this day, if I see I anybody from high school, they, they call me Scooter. Scoot. Yeah, Scoot. What's up, Scoot? Yeah, but it's it. only those people. Um, <laughs> nobody else knows, knows that. So That's funny. I... <laughs> Our daughter, when she was little, I used to call her a little scooter. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. she, she didn't, like, go straight to crawl, and she did that r- weird scoot thing. You know, they just kind of get around. Oh, and you're yeah. like, I don't really know yeah. how you got here, but you got yeah. here. Yeah. It's a scooter. Yeah. I like Crazy scooter. upper body strength. Yes. Dragging. <laughs> <Like> yeah. <muscles. laughs> yeah. That's good. Um, yeah. What's the last TV show you binged? Chosen. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Yeah, so for good. sure. Definitely The Chosen. That's been, that's been fantastic. I was really skeptical. Same. Uh, just, it was a very pleasant surprise to yeah, me. Yeah, it's so good. I got mad at my husband because he watched, like, he had some time, and I was, like, out of town. He watched, like, the whole second season without me, and I was like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> you're TV cheating. Once you, st- <laughs> once you start, though, man, it's not like you're stopping. It's like, it's, oh, my gosh, what's next? Oh, I know, I know. It's it's really good. If you haven't watched it, you Kev- definitely should. Yeah, Kevin actually is the one who told me about it. Yeah. And he's like, so I watched the first episode, and then I binge-watched, like, five of them and then I was like alright I'm gonna stop start over bring the family into yes, this yes it's so good yeah. because it like we were talking about earlier it just like it makes I don't know it just makes it more personable because like yeah. or for, at least for me it did because I don't know it's just hard for me to sometimes it's hard for me to read scripture and make it feel like real people yeah but like seeing it in a way that made sense mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. like was really Honestly, really eye-opening mm-hmm. <laughs> for me just to like even I don't know I'm yeah. going down a, t- a rabbit hole, but no, I think it was do, great. Yeah, I think they do at least two things really well. Number one, they capture the historical context both from like the Jewish culture and the Roman Romans, culture. Yeah, it's brilliant. Like they've done it, and I've talked to some Messianic Jews who like no, they they know what they're doing. It's it's really good. Second thing I think they do well is they capture Jesus's winsomeness and authority, mm-hmm. and that's really difficult. Yes, like that's really really difficult. So that's that's you can tell they've spent a lot of time in Scripture just pouring over. Ah oh, man, it's really good. 
yeah, I'm thankful, really thankful for them. And the Bible Project, that's a plug. Yes, those two, those two things project. are like my go-to resources. <laughs> They're so great. Yeah. They're so great. Yep. Um, okay, let's see. Let's do one more, and then we'll call it a day. Sure. Um, what's the last thing that, like, gave you the real, like, giggles? Where you, like, oh, couldn't man. stop? Uh I don't know. This it's probably it's, it's been a few days for that. I, I can't I can't recall. Um, so historically, whenever we've needed a laugh, we go back to the old vines, and we'll just YouTube <laughs> vines. And and so then hearing my six and eight year old quoting vines in context out and like you're so proud. I'm, I have one dad. I have one dadding at that point. You know. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I feel it. like if they can if they can land comedic lines, I feel like I'm. You're crushing we, we, it. We're crushing it yeah. at that point. You're doing so. the thing. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, that they 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 crack me up, especially when they can pull that off. <laughs> yeah. Is Vine does Vine still happen? Is that, no. Is it gone? Yeah, it's, I mean, I think the meme culture has. It was gold. Yeah, Vine no, was great. It was a window of gold for <laughs> it sure. Really was. <laughs> now I'm thinking of like the funny ones that. My husband and I just would lose it. <laughs> I mean, like tears. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. Sometimes you just got to sit down and watch them. You do. Yeah. Well, retweet. Yeah. <laughs> For all you people listening, just, you know, wrapping this up. Meet Josh, excellent farmer, well of wisdom, loves Jesus, watch The Chosen, and watch Vines. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a conversation. <laughs> Great. It's a really good one. Uh, thank you for being here with us today and sharing thank your you. heart with us. Um, I'm really excited for ever I get to know you and get a glimpse of your soul because oh. you're special. Oh, thank you. All right, everyone. Have a good day. Bye-bye.